Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you joined us again today. You did the right thing by tuning in. Let you me just did. tell you, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. Do you well know that? Well done. Neato. It's that uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. Neato. I'm proud of you. Yeah, that's you right. You know that, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, Mr. Rogers. Dude, speaking of Mr. Rogers, whoever was driving in front of me today on the Dallas Parkway. You need to repent right now, whoever you are. They are Basically, Mr. Rogers. Okay, so there's one lane in some, certain sections. This guy in a truck, so I know he's got the power. He was driving 30 miles an hour, bro. 30. 30. And you know what the speed limit is on, on Dallas Parkway? 50. You know what my mom used to say about people like that while I was growing up and being impatient? She would say, that's an angel that the Lord sent to protect you from something bad happening. Uh, you know, and it's, it's funny because I've, I've often consoled myself with bad drivers saying to myself, hey, God, God is just getting me where I need to go. I, I get that. I, and I, I believe and I take comfort in God's sovereignty, but whoever you are, sir, Oh, please drive. I mean, it's one lane. I can't even get around you. It's yeah. one lane. <laughs> Why are you doing 30 on a 50? Lord have mercy. I, I get apoplectic about this in the same way that you get apoplectic about AI. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, China controls one and it's not the, it's not the, the driver. And it's Texas. Not the the driver China's controlling it. Texas drivers. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Maybe it was an AI robot behind the wheel. No, that AI robot would go 50. I guarantee Yikes. you. Yeah, 50,000 miles an hour. and Wouldn't make a mistake, though. Either. Destroy humanity in the process. No, is that what, how it works? <sighs> Something like that. Hey, happy birthday, James Payone. Happy first birthday. One years old. One. Are, are you one years old or are you one year old? One's years old. One's. That's how I typically say it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, which James is, is being dedicated tomorrow at uh, at our church oh, along wow. with his brother. and Dude, James is being dedicated. Yeah. So that's uh, that's exciting. And a big weekend. Turn yeah, one. So we're going to splash him? Yep. Nope. We're gonna, nope. <laughs> you gotcha. Yep. Wait. Oh, hold on. <laughs> we're just going. Yeah. No. We don't baptize our babies, just in case you, you we were don't. questioning that. We don't. And when we even when we talk about child dedications, right, we're really not dedicating the child. We're dedicating the parents to uh, the, the task of raising their, their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And uh, we're going to have a special message tomorrow out of Deuteronomy chapter six. That's, that's exciting. Um, I love that. Talking passage. about yeah, talking about the importance that parents play in their kids, and whether you're a parent or a grandparent, or maybe you're an aunt or an uncle who has uh, guardians guardianship over your, your your niece or nephew, or you, you just have a role to play. God has designed the church to partner with parents in this endeavor to co-champion um, the the efforts of parents in pointing their their kids towards Christ. And so that process begins at a very young age. And so we don't baptize because we don't baptize babies. We don't believe that that does anything for that child. It's just them getting wet. Um, We baptize believers, but we will dedicate these families. And it's not a covenantal agreement that we're we're remembering or anything like that. We are simply saying, hey, are you willing to to agree and commit before your church family and have us agree and commit with you to uh, raise these kids in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? So really it is, it is, they're both being dedicated. It's, it's the it sense is. of parents, yeah, the parents are dedicating themselves to do it, to put their kids in the way of God's grace. And we are saying, look, we're going to do all that we can. We're dedicated 
to putting this kid in, in the way of God's grace, whatever that looks like, surrounding them with the church, surrounding them with good teaching, with, with accountability and with fellowship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're dedicating everybody. It's like, hey, we may not be baptizing you, but we certainly are giving it a strong push. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anyways, another reason to join us tomorrow at uh, Compass Bible Church. Another reason to join our church. Yep. Well, hey, let's jump into Lamentations chapter three. Great is thy faithfulness. It's true. It's true. It is. And yet, I want you to to, to note before you get to that verse, right? Because that Too comes. Late. I'm already there. That, okay. All right. Never mind. <laughs> no, that comes through in uh, verses 22 and 23, uh, 24 even. But before you get there, I want you to note the context. Verses 1 through 19 specifically. Again, I underlined words here. Affliction, rod of his wrath, darkness without any light. That's right, rod of his wrath. (laughs) I thought of that actually when I read that. (laughs) My flesh and my skin waste away. Broken my bones, besieged, bitterness, tribulation, darkness. I cannot escape. Chains are heavy. Shuts out my prayer. Paths are crooked, bear lying in wait, a lion in hiding, tore me to pieces, desolate, target for his arrows, drove into my kidneys, the arrows of his quiver. So this guy is at Chuck E. Cheese watching over a lot of people's kids. Yes, yes. Basically what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just, there's no getting around. This is a horrible, horrible circumstance. We, we, we you know, Instagram our, our coffee cups that say great is thy faithfulness or his mercies are new every morning next to our ESVs with our blankets as we're sitting and doing our quiet time together. That's not, this is like, he's in the trenches. Like there are, this is a horrific time in the prophet's life. And then he says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and mercies are new every morning. Some commentator I read, uh, said lamentations teaches us how to suffer well and and i think that's what we're seeing right here i think we're seeing the prophet hold on to his confidence about who god is in the midst of circumstances that to, to call them dire would be a severe understatement this is the the worst than than anything i know that i've ever experienced and i think that it, that's probably true of most of us though we've all gone through hard times and when we go through hard times we need to have the same mindset that the prophet does to say god i'm going to remind myself of who you are and that's going to give me hope to endure you are a God who's merciful every single morning. And amen and amen. I, I love the, I don't know what we would call this, but it's in the stanza, uh, verses 21. Oh, it's dark in here. Let me just get closer. 31, rather, 31 through 33. Specifically the line that says, for he does not afflict from his heart. Um, interesting way to phrase this about God, but here, here's the, the greater context. The Lord will not cast off forever, but though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to or because of issuing forth from the abundance of his steadfast love for he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men such an interesting way to think about the nature of god's discipline his chastisement it doesn't come from his essence it's a response of his justice and we've kind of covered this territory before but there's things that are essential and uh first order to god's character we call them attributes um wrath and and judgment is not that Wrath comes from the fact that he's righteous, that he's just, uh, but that's not first order to his character. It's so interesting. But but here's the thing. Um, here's what's interesting about that. In order for us to fully glorify God, we have to see the full panoply of his attributes at work, which is one of the arguments for why God allows for things like this to happen, because we would otherwise not be able to see this aspect of his character 
on the display that it is. So even when we do experience suffering and heartache, this is God's grace. It's his willingness. It's not essential to his character. It's consequential to his character. And therefore, we ought to rejoice in it and suffer well. Yeah. And, and so from here on out, the rest of the book, it's all uh, roses and daisies. That's right. No, it's it's not. It's not. Um, he anchors himself to this, and then reality still waits, right? And that's that's the thing, Christian. It's, it's not, hey, think correctly about God's character, and then life is going to get better. Uh, that's a, a false gospel. That's the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel or a, a version of it out there. I mean, he's still mired in the reality and even acknowledges that it's God who's doing this in verses 37 through 39. He's saying, this is God behind this who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord commanded it. Is it not from the mouth of the most high that good and bad come? And then he returns to the concept of the bad in the rest of the chapter, the weeping prophet, right? That's, that's what Jeremiah is known as verse 48. My eyes flow with rivers of tears, Verse 49, my eyes will flow without ceasing, without respite. Um, and then in the, the remainder of the chapter there, beginning of verse 52, he's, he's crying out to the Lord for justice to be done. He's, he's pulling the curtain back on some more of his own suffering and asking that the Lord would, would right the wrongs done to him. Um, so thinking right thoughts about God's character comforts us, but it does not necessarily comfort us by making all of our situation immediately improve. It, it anchors us to what is true. And so much about what is true is often the fact that our hope is not here and now, but then and there. And uh, and maybe God will lead you out of the valley on this side of eternity. And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he won't. Um, and that's a hard reality to grasp. But the valley does end. It, it does ultimately end. And that's the, the hope that we have. And that's why we can say, God, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness because I know where I'm going because of Christ. Because to tie back to last yesterday's reading in Hebrews, Christ is ever living to make intercession for us. And that allows us to have hope in the midst of the valley. If I could just add one quick thing too. Part of what brings comfort to the Christian is not only the truth about God, but the truth that you are, whether you're one of these wounded Christians who is constantly suffering, you're, you're part of the body. Mm. You are grafted into the body of Christ, and Christ, as the head of the body, cares deeply about the body. And one of the ways that you tangibly feel his love, the way that you feel his hands, the way that you sense his strength is by the people that he's put in your life. So one of the temptations that we have when we're suffering is to isolate ourselves. Um, we think we don't want to bother people. We, we don't, well, I don't I'm going to hinder people because I'm such a burden. And we tell ourselves things that are just simply not true. Now, it very well might be that you are an inconvenience to somebody. Who cares? Like, I, I honestly don't care. And, 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 and if they are, that, that's between them and the Lord. Really, the body of Christ is meant to serve the body of Christ. And so if you're one of the suffering people who just, it's heartache after heartache and sorrow after sorrow, you can, you can really resonate with all that Jeremiah or prophet are writing in Lamentations. Man, you need to graft yourself to the body. Cling to the body. The body cares for the body. So please don't dismiss yourself. Don't, don't hold your hand back and, and give reasons to God why you shouldn't. Don't make excuses. The body is there. This is how you feel the hands of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I would echo all of that. Uh, chapter four gets into the, the just scene of destruction. Notice a couple things, just the totality of it. Verse six, the chastisement of the daughter of my people has been greater than the punishment of Sodom. Okay, that, that's, that's significant there. When, when anytime it's greater than, than what had previously been the standard for God's full wrath being poured out, you know that that's, that's a bad situation. In fact, verse 11 says that. The Lord gave full vent to his wrath and he poured out his hot anger. 
uh, on Jerusalem, on his people, uh, because of, of this. And, and, and just to put it, maybe return to a simple uh, idea here. God hates sin. He does. He hates sin. And uh, he will punish sin. And because of that, that's, that's what is going on here. Again, Deuteronomy 28 said this was going to happen, and now it's happening. This is not a shock. At least it shouldn't be to anyone. But, uh, but God will punish sin. He can't not punish sin. And here we see it uh, being absolutely his, his wrath being given full vent uh, to pour out upon his people and upon the city. Chapter five then leads to a prayer of, uh, of of pleading for restoration, and it's it's interesting. You want it to be this this uh, hopeful, you know? Okay, got it. And so here we're we're ready to go back, and we're, and we're hopeful. But it, it's still uh, a prayer of of confession and awareness of the the weightiness, and yet hoping that God will remember. And in fact, that's what He says: "Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace." That's human language. God does not forget. Um, God has never, uh, you remember like the prophets of Baal uh, and when Elijah was like, hey, g- yell louder because he, he may have forgotten about you guys. God does not forget his people ever or forget his promises ever. But from the prophet's perspective, he's saying, okay, Lord, please act, act now. Remember your people, remember our faith and what's befallen us um, because the, the situation is, is bad. Uh, verse 15, the joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned to mourning. Um, and, and so, Lord, verse 20, why do you forget us forever? Again, the Lord had not for, forgotten his people. Uh, this was all according his, to his time frame. But the prophet just was saying, please act. Please, verse 21, restore us to yourself that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. And then here's the abrupt and, and not so cheerful ending. Unless you've utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. And I, I, I turned the page. I was like, is that it? Wait, what? Come on. Where, where's the rest? But that's it. That's it. That's all we get. That's all we get. And uh, so Lamentations, not one of the most encouraging books. Well, it doesn't end nicely, but I, there's there's encouragement in it. I mean, I, it, it, and the, the, that's, the why, that's the reason it's called Lamentations. It's not Happytations. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to get too too personal here, but there was times in my life where I felt like that was the end of my my journal entry. Like, unless you just, you're done with me, God. I guess this is it. Period. And I, I, I appreciate the realism behind <laughs> Lamentations. Not period. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I just, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I, I've been there. I've felt that. I, I, I appreciate the reality behind it. And, and I think there's a comfort in that, knowing that some of God's, strongest people have suffered and wrestled with some of the questions that we ourselves have wrestled with today. Yeah. So then I guess the question is, why is it there? Why is this one of our 66 books? Because so much of this was, was covered. We knew that this was going to happen. We read about a lot of it in the book of Jeremiah, even Isaiah's prophecies. You know, we, 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 we understand this. So why is limitations there? And, you know, I think the answer is because we, we learn more about God through the book. We learn more about his holiness. We learn more about his justice. We learn more about his wrath. We also learn about his, his mercy. We learn about his faithfulness. We learn about his goodness and his kindness. So I think there's a, a good reason for it to be there, though it doesn't, it's not clean. No, and I, I think that's that's a really compelling point. Most of life is not clean. Yeah. Things are in boxes, and, and even though we'd like to cut the brownie tray into precise squares and have it all be precise and exact, Life is messy and sin is messy. Sin creates a greater mess than even what we realize. That's part of the reason that's there. The consequences of our sin is is real and it is appropriate to lament those things. It is appropriate and right to feel sorry for sin. The question is, why do you feel sorry? Second Corinthians seven, your worldly sorrow. Yeah. Be sorrowful because it's sorrowful because of your 
the consequences or it could be sorrowful because of the fact that it's offended God. So I think Lamentations calls us to to cry with him, to sorrow with him, even if it's not for the same sinful reasons. Ours could be different. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if when Paul got to heaven, he pulled Jeremiah or the prophet aside and said, hey man, let me teach you how to end a letter. <laughs> like I, I did this a few times. You can even write it with your own hand. It, it lets them know. <laughs> See with what big letters I'm writing this to you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe hey, rejoice always. Right. Pray without ceasing, bro. Something in <laughs> give there, thanks yeah. in all circumstances. No, but that's true. It is life is is often messy and not clean. And uh, it's encouraging to know that it was that way for the authors of scripture too. Hebrews chapter eight. Jesus is, a good one. is better the oh. mediator of a better covenant because Jesus is better. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and he, again, is, is comparing the Mosaic Covenant to what is the New Covenant. And in fact, he quotes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. So hopefully this sounded familiar to you because we just recently read it. It's like half of the chapter too. Yeah. <laughs> Basically Jeremiah 31 again. That's a good reminder. Right, right. But he's talking about the New Covenant and why the New Covenant is is superior and better. And, uh, it, and what was helpful for me was him contrasting it particularly, particularly with the Mosaic Covenant in the concept of the law, because it gave new impact, for example, to verse 10 in Hebrews 8, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. In the Mosaic covenant, God gave his law, but he wrote it on these external tablets and he He gave them to Moses and the law was ex- external. It was outside the people and the people were called to abide by the law. And the law was there really to show them that they didn't possess inside internally what they needed to be able to abide by the law. And so here in the new covenant that Jesus brings, because Jesus is the priest of a better covenant being after the order of Melchizedek and not the the order of the Levites, this new covenant is better because the law is not external to us. The law is placed within our hearts and in our minds. And and we have this relationship with God where where in the, the desire and ability to obey him is now innate within us. It's not something that we can't measure up to. It's something that is part and parcel of what it looks like to be a part of the new covenant. That's right. And you might be wondering how that takes place. And it's through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have his law within us, which is not to say that he he kind of just downloads the scriptures to our mind. Um, it's the internal compulsion. It's the internal desire, the motivations, the core motivations of our heart change to say, I want to please God. And one of the ways that he does that is through the means of depositing his spirit in us, who creates within us love for him, and consequently, love for others. When we have love for God, the, the, the laws themselves don't become burdens, they become delights. I want to obey God, I want to do what he says. And that's the blessing of the new covenant. I mean, it's hard to overestimate the far-reaching and extensive nature of the new covenant, which is why it's so much better. It doesn't just give me a legal code, it gives me a regenerated heart, which loves God and wants to love people. What a blessing that is. Huge, huge. Well, hey, we hope and pray that you're planning to join us tomorrow for church and uh, also our family fest, which family is tomorrow fest. after church. We're going to do games and prizes and foods. Yep, yep. Pastor Rod's going to sing the national anthem to kick uh, us yeah, off. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and, it's not. And I'll, very high key too. Yeah, but we forgot to mention it. I guess it's worth noting. Hey, yesterday, happy Veterans Day, or today. Happy Veterans Day today. Today. It's on Saturday. Sa- so, that's right, Saturday. If you served, thank you. We're grateful for you. I know we've got quite a few people in our church that did, and and uh, we're grateful for that. So, yes, indeed. Thank you, veterans. Happy Veterans Day, and join us tomorrow as we celebrate uh, so much in the life of our church, our uh, child dedications tomorrow, and then our our uh, family fest tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be a great Sunday, so join us tomorrow Packed. at uh, Compass Bible Church. See you then.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.